Oh, hi everyone. It's uh, it's Stuart. Welcome, welcome to it's not rocket science. Five questions over coffee. Not I haven't got coffee at the moment. I've got a I've got some very nice water because I'm well caffeined up. I'm here with Steve D Sims. Steve is uh, well. This is going to be fascinating. Steve's bio says he's worked with uh, Elton John and Elon Musk. Sent people down to see the wreck of the Titanic. I know somebody else that's done that as well, Steve. Actually, someone maybe maybe we know some of the same people. Uh, closed museums in Florence for a private dinner party and then had, had Andrea Bocelli serenade them whilst they ate. And that, I think, is a real, that's the real key to me, Steve, of what you can do. Uh, you're the real life Wizard of Oz by Forbes and Entrepreneur magazine. I think you're going to be a, a brilliant guest. Welcome to the podcast. Really looking forward to speaking to you, Steve. Well, that's a bit scary because you put me up on the pedestal now. I wish you'd have aimed a bit lower and we could have surprised them. Let's go down to the Titanic level and see whether or not you can come up. From yeah, that yeah, let's that? do that. Uh, so, Steve, look, look, you're you're obviously a you're obviously a multi-talented guy. Who's the who's the person, the ideal client that you have for the business ideas that you've got that you're trying to work with at the moment? Well, for twenty-five plus years, I run the largest experiential concierge firm only for billionaires. Um, and then about five years ago, we launched the book Bluefishing, and then Sims Media. So we've gone from working with the richest people in the planet to taking that mindset. And now we run a media organization that's worked with everyone, as you say, from, from Elon Musk and Elton John, to how to brand market, communicate with that target market. So my ideal client is any entrepreneur that's pissed off and aggravated of where they currently are. And they're sick of getting the clients they get and they deserve the clients they want. That's a really interesting target market. And I would imagine there's a broad spectrum of people in that particular market. So what, what are the sort of problems that you think they've done the way they've tried to solve that problem themselves? Because I, I can think of a million things that, that, that the entrepreneurs I work with have tried to do to solve that problem, all of which you think, OK, I wouldn't have started there if that was the way I was trying to do it. What, what do you come across? So, OK, so a lot of people and we joked about this before we started. A lot of people care about what they look like. OK, and they take a lot of time worrying about that. And you start a job, I don't know, as a plumber and you start competing by looking like all the other plumbers. You want to be a financial expert. You start looking like all the other financial experts. It's not about you. It's about your client. And actually, you look at me. I don't have a car. I ride a motorcycle. I've got piercings and tattoos. You know, I've worked with billionaires all over the world. Because I was the solution to that problem. Oh, brilliant. When you're the solution to someone else's problem, they don't give a rat's ass what you look like, how you sound. They just care that you're there to solve the problem. So the first thing you got to focus on is not marketing, it's branding. And a lot of people start a company and go, hey, I've got to start doing Facebook advertising. I've got to start doing marketing. I've got to start doing promotions. No. You want to start focusing on your story, your solution. Why you? And then market that. If you don't do it that way around, you end up marketing a lot of confusion. And that's where people go wrong. Steve, you and I have got so much in common, despite, you know, I don't have any time. But yeah, but, but, you know, and you're a better looking guy than me. But you're absolutely right. I love that because I was talking to uh, somebody only uh, less than a week ago who was telling me they had to start. Uh, uh, looking around and trying to uh, get their first social media manager 
And I said, well, why are you getting a social media manager now? You've been in business for a few years. What's, what's, the, what's the story? And they said, well, I just feel as if I could just shout a bit louder, I'd get more leads. And I said, you don't need to shout any louder. You just need to identify the perfect, the person that you're trying to reach and the problem they've got. And if you've got the problem solved, you reach across to them and whisper in their ear, I've got the solution to your problem. And, and, and that person will not try and buy it from you. They will beg you to take it out of your hands at the highest price you've got available. And I said, so stop shouting and work out who that person is and what their problem is and how you're going to solve it and just start telling them. And he looked at me and he went, well, that sounds very easy, but I bet it's difficult to do. And I thought, actually, it's not. It's just not. That's where people go wrong. They, they think everything is scary and frightening. Whenever we consult with a client, the first question we ask them is, what's your number? That's the first question we ask them. every And they look at us and they go, what do you mean? What's that? What is your number? How many clients can you actually take on and give the standard of service that you want to be known to be brilliant for? And no one, unless they're doing an online course, says thousands of people. They go, well, I could take on 20. In fact, last last uh, two weeks ago, I was doing a speakeasy event in Scottsdale, Arizona for chiropractors. And it was all about how do I scale my social media? How do I get 10,000 likes on my YouTube channel? How do I get this amount of subscribers over here on my, my Facebook? How do I? And I said, well, okay, how many can you take on? What's your number? And the number actually came up for most of them to be anywhere from like eight to 12. You know, that's how many clients they could take on. And I said, okay, if I gave you 12 clients tomorrow, they walked into your office tomorrow, would that be a problem? And they were all like, yeah, 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 I wouldn't want 12 at a time. So what do you want? Well, I could take on three. So the number's three. So who gives a shit if you've got 4 million followers when you're actually only looking for three? Know your number and reverse into that. I love it. I absolutely love it. And this is just a brilliant conversation. Look, you, you've got some great stuff on your website. What's the, the really valuable free resource or action other than know your number that you'd sort of pass over to the audience watching now and saying, look, guys, this is what you've really got to do now. Yeah, and there's two ways that you can do it. And I'm shit at upsell. Um, so I'm not <laughs> upselling you to any of my hair products or anything. Both of these things I'm giving you now are free of charge. I've got an Instagram page, Steve D. Sims, um, which I do loads of videos on. I've also got a private Facebook group, which is free of charge. You just tell us why you want to be in there called An Entrepreneur's Advantage with Steve Sims. And in there, I do live AMAs. And I literally go, hey, what's your problem? Someone posts what that problem is. And then we do a live AMA feed, AMA, ask me anything. And we just go, hey, I heard from Johnny. He's having trouble with this. What should we do about it? And we literally hot seat it for 30 minutes because quite simply at my age, at my position, I want people to dare to challenge the way they do things. I want them to do more. And I openly say, I want you to go for stupid goals. And that's what I push. I think that's brilliant. I love that. I'm, I'm a great fan of those sort of ask me anythings because you, you get people that, you know, are sitting at the back of the room daring not to ask the question. And then one mm -hmm. person asks it and everybody looks and goes, oh, yeah, I want to know the answer to that as well. You know, sometimes yeah. I keep saying this to people. There are no such things as stupid questions. There really aren't stupid questions. The only stupid thing that you can do is not ask the question and be quiet because you'll always regret it. You'll always regret it. In working with some very, very powerful people all over the world, I've noticed that absolutely all of them are curious children. 
Every single one of them, from Elon Musk, Jean-Paul Azuria, Richard Branson, they are all curious children. How can we do this? Why does it work that way? Why does it have to work that way? And they literally kidify absolutely everything. And so being in those meetings, working with these people, I've adopted that. And the first thing I tell everyone is stop being a grown-up, become a child again, and attack it with childlike curiosity. What would you do? Um, example, uh, Elon Musk worked out that the most expensive thing, and it didn't take a rocket scientist to do this, the most expensive part of a rocket were the fuel cells. Because not only would it throw them up in a space, but then they would fall off and fall in the ocean. If he could get those back, fuel them up again, and attach them back to another rocket, he saved two-thirds of his launch costs. And that was the simplicity. Now all he had to do was to work out how he could do it. Yeah. So yeah. if you first of all understand the simplicity of what's necessary, the rest of it are just tactics and strategy. That's the easy stuff. We do do that so often, don't we, Steve? We 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 find ourselves trying to overcomplicate it. I, I yep. you know, the name of this is it's not rocket science. The reason it's not rocket science is because so many people think to themselves that doing some of the stuff that I talk about, they sort of go around, well, that doesn't sound clever enough. And you go, it's not supposed to be clever. That's the point. It's not supposed to be no. clever. It's supposed to be done. This isn't this isn't a this isn't a pitch, although it's probably gonna sound like a bloody pitch. Five years ago, I released this book, Blue Fishing, The Art of Making Things Happen. And I released it because two reasons. One, I was paid very well to release it, which means I didn't care if it sold any copies. I didn't it, that didn't worry me. I was already paid. But I was aggravated how people do overcomplicate things. And that's why I wanted to be on your show, because of the title. People overcomplicate or try to try to purchase a solution when they really shouldn't. Your guy that's talking about how does he get a social manager, don't. Just expose what it is you do and the problem you solve. And those people with the problem will find you. Yeah, It ain't hard. Absolutely right. I love it. I absolutely love it. Listen, we're, we're getting towards the, and you've kind of already pitched in the fourth question. I was going to say, is there a particular book or concept or something that you'd like to sort of expose the audience to, which would sort of give them some valuable content? So other than your book now, Steve. Yeah, yeah forget mine. I've done that. <laughs> um, I would say there's a few things. I like, I love Hooked. Uh, by Nair Eyal as a book. That's a phenomenal book. Um, I also like Trust Me, I'm Lying by uh, Ryan Long, uh, Ryan Holiday. Um, that's a fantastic yeah, book. I love yeah, those yeah. books. I also love anything by Jay Abraham because uh, I love his art of communication. But the, the tip I would give everyone is to go for stupid goals. Never go for anything impossible. Forget that word exists. Never use it. Strike it from your vocabulary. But if you're trying to make a million dollars that year, then your stupid goal should be five and you'll fail and achieve two. So go for stupid goals. When I had a client that said, hey, I want to do an Italian dinner, Steve. And what's the most amazing you could do? I actually took over the Academia de Galleria at nine o'clock at night. The, the Galleria that houses Michelangelo's David and a set a table of six up at the feet of Michelangelo's David, because I thought that's the most incredible Italian meal in Florence you could ever have. And then while the guys are eating their pasta, I promised them a local entertainer to serenade them. And as you've already said, I brought in Andrea Bocelli. Because do you know what happens when you go for stupid goals? You risk obtaining them.
<laughs> and it's amazing how many times I've gone for stupid goals and actually achieved them and gone, oh, and then as soon as you start achieving them, they become your new normal. That's now your new benchmark. And then you've got a completely different problem, which is actually a really good one to have, isn't it, Just? It's a lovely one to have, isn't it? <laughs> Listen, Steve, I've, I've made you work really hard, and I'm going to do it again now. There's a fifth question that I've got for you, and the question is, what's the question I should have asked you, which I've not yet asked you? And don't leave us in the dark. Answer it as well. Steve, what whiskey should they send you as a gift? Um, I think it's either Blanton's or Buffalo Trace. Um, actually, actually, that's true. But questions. You're, I you're, think... missing, you're missing out on Lagavulin, but that's another story, I guess. <laughs> I, I, the, that's, that's actually a good and a bad and a horrible question to ask. But I like to... I suppose people, one of the questions that pops up are things like, you know, how do you, how do you fail or have you failed or, you know, how do you handle failure? Never failed in my life. Okay. I've just become educated on how it didn't work. Failure leads to education. Education leads to experience. Experience leads to credibility. Credibility leads to you being able to invoice people for a lot of money. That's how it goes. And it doesn't start anywhere else than that education from failure. So how I view failure, I find very important. It was probably the number one lesson I learned from all the billionaires I dealt with. Steve, I love, I love your, I love your fifth question. I have often said to people, you know, how does a baby learn to walk? They get up, fall over, and go, well, I'm not going to do that again. I'll do it another way. Yep. And eventually, and eventually, you'll see them sprinting down the track. That is the way you learn. You just fall over, pick yourself up, and have another crack at it because there's oh, no yeah. such thing just learning to get up off your bottom. Steve, this has been an absolutely fantastic discussion. Uh, we've had people watching. Nobody's asked a question. I don't know why they've not asked a question, but that's, that's, that's their loss. I'm not going to force them to ask questions. Listen, people, I really, really appreciate Steve coming on. If you want to get onto our mailing list and then here so that you can, can join in live when people like Steve come on, get insights like this stuff. This stuff is absolute gold dust. You won't get this out of a book. You won't get this out of, you, you will get out of Steve's book, but, but you'll get insight like this from all sorts of things. Look, get onto our mailing list, which is on tca.fyi forward slash subscribe. That's tca.fyi forward slash subscribe. Steve, you have been an insight. I've loved having you on. It's been absolutely brilliant. Um, listen, if we could go on for another two hours, I would, but I'm not entirely convinced that uh, that you'd run out of anything to say. So I need to stop you before you before you run out. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for being on with us. Cheers, pal. Look after yourself. And you. 